S-C-A-L You are now rocking with that dude Pascal We be going wild Haitian in the building So, so, so original Got the haters catching feelings Get your hands up to the ceiling And keep them held high Cause only Lewis isn't ready Forget about it, goodbye Hold up, we just saying hi Five somebody rise up Weekdays, catch us live Somebody, let's go Good morning, everybody And welcome to the Pascal Show Yes Tis Thursday, y'all. Tis Thursday. Yes. Yes. God is good. You know what I mean? Out here. Uh, anyway, I, hopefully you guys had a wonderful night, a wonderful evening. I'm hoping you guys are having a wonderful morning right now as well. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we got to talk about. There's a lot of things that are going on. But um, just wanted to say that um, I had an opportunity again to be back on with South Korea and Australia really, really early this morning. Um, and it was an amazing conversation still, you know, in regards revolving around the Black Lives Matter movement and all that, which was really cool. We got to chop it up even more. Um, and it was a it was a really, really cool morning. Um, lots of really great people on talking about things that are going on in the world. And of course, like I had said to you guys before, be sure uh, to tune in to that when it drops. It should be coming out in the ne- in the next couple of days. Um, and I'm, I'm actually doing another interview with them just about what's going on with the coronavirus, everything circling around the coronavirus uh, worldwide uh, tomorrow morning. So that will that interview, my own interview with them will be out uh, next week. So I'm really excited about that. So be on the lookout for that because that's going to be really, really incredible um, and a, a lot of fun, you know. But anyway, I digress. It's been a, an amazing morning. It's been a long morning already. A lot of talking I've been doing already. But, you know, I'm going to turn it over to my fellas. The fellas are here. Jackie Buck and Tommy Boy in the house. What's a guan, guys? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Thank you. Happy Thursday. Happy, happy Thursday, man. Happy Thursday, man. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Happy Thursday yeah. to everybody. Tommy, how you feeling today? I'm doing all right. Can't complain. Another day, another dollar. Yep. So, yeah. I, I, same old, same old. Being stuck <laughs> at home, doing nothing all day long. We're going to be doing a lot more of that, it seems like. Yeah, so. you're, you're stuck in the house, stuck in the house, bored, or so, bored in the yeah. house, bored in the house. Bored in the house. Yeah, in the house board. Yeah, board in the house board. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, is uh, one thing on a positive. You know, we are all healthy. We're all okay so far, uh, for the most part. I can at least say that on my end, and uh, I can say that for the fellas because they're on the show right now. If they weren't feeling well, they wouldn't be on here right now, would they? So. <laughs> I'm very thankful that everybody's here. I'm very thankful that the people that are tuning in, good morning to everyone who's watching on our Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, everything. Appreciate you all coming on and kicking it with us and talking with us and being a part of the conversation today. We also have Australia in the house. What's up, Malia? Thank you so much for tuning in. And MB, wow, two Aussies in the house today. All right. Crikey. Anyway, moving on, we got to get things going because obviously right now something happened overnight. A lot of things actually happened overnight. One of the main things, though, uh, we are going to go into some breaking news here shortly, which is breaking news. I mean, as of the like fresh, fresh news right out the gate, 
30 minutes old, literally. Um, we will be talking that, about that very, very shortly. But first, we got to talk about this one thing. We have had the highest number of cases, single day numbers ever in the U.S. We have topped, we have crossed over 50,000 cases nationwide in a single day. That is the largest we've ever had in regards to the coronavirus. This is some wild, wild stuff. And as Fauci has already said before, I think we're starting to get into that world. We're, we're obviously starting to go into that world where he has said, I mean, we're, I'm not surprised if we start seeing 30,000 cases a day, soon to be 100,000 cases. Bruh, we went past that 30,000. We just went to 50,000 cases in one single day, guys. Crazy. I want to be like, let's clap for her, you know? America, America, we did it. No, this is not funny. This is not good things. This is not good things, y'all. Um, yeah, guys, let's let's talk about this. Let's run it around the room, man. This is effed up, really effed up. Let's talk about it. Uh, you know, it's uh one of those things where if you just look at the trends, you know, we had a very small decline until about June, like right at the beginning of June. And that's a little bit right after everybody started opening up. Oh, yeah. And then within, you know, June to June 15th was kind of a, almost a horizontal line. And then after that, it started going from like 20,000 a day to 30,000 a day on June 19th, back to 35,000 on the 23rd. And then on the 26th, we were at 44,000. And it dropped a little bit. We got 36,000 on June 29th. And then yesterday, 52,609 cases. 52,609? You mm -hmm. said? With, with, with also yesterday confirmed uh, deaths yesterday. Hamburg. So as, as of so far, this is like overall, right? Right. Now, now we're at 130,000 people. Yesterday was... Uh, 670 people that died. Mm -mm -mm. Well, Tom, what you think, man? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I went to uh, the grocery store yesterday and loaded up because I don't want to be leaving my house anytime soon. Facts. So, um, yeah, I loaded up the loaded up a grocery cart full. It was basically overflowing. Spent way too much money, but I don't plan on leaving my place for as long as humanly possible. I mean, I had kind of. You know, since things have started kind of to decline in St. Louis, I had, uh, you know, started to go out, get fast food, go around, do stuff like normal. But, you know, wearing a mask, of course. Of course. Not lingering anywhere too long. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to hunker down again. And, um, yeah, just try and stay away from people for a while. What's funny, right? what's funny to me, though, is that Missouri is still steady. We still don't have numbers like everybody else. I mean... Not sitting here saying that that should give us any reason to go out there and act a damn fool. I mean, we shouldn't be running out butt naked, licking each other's eyeballs and spitting in, in each other's mouths or anything. But still, uh, the numbers here in Missouri have not gone up. Yeah. They're steady. No, no, yeah. they're, they're steady. They're not. We, we have not turned into a red state. You know, at least the, what I'm seeing as far as the the 
the uh, the diagrams that they have out there as far as like how the states that are in the red zones and we're still we're just kind of steady but we're it's coming it's coming so it's coming. we were we were steady and we were in the like the, the mid 200s uh-huh. every day damn uh, until this last week uh, where now uh, starting June 21st we had 413 and then on the th- 23rd we had 434 on the 25th, 553. Uh, and so, and then they haven't reported new numbers in the last four days. Um, but in St. Louis County, we've had 6,616 confirmed cases with 581 deaths. And then all of Missouri's had 22,595 cases with a hundred or 1,049 deaths. So half of the deaths are coming from St. Louis County. Hmm. So yeah, maybe Missouri's not going crazy, but St. Louis is having a <clears throat> field day. Oh, I, okay. Oh, and that's St. Louis County. St. Louis City has 2,493 confirmed with 156 deaths. So within our 30-mile radius, we have two-thirds of the deaths in Missouri. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Great. What did you say hide your children? Hide your wives. Hide, your, hide yourself. Hide yourself. Actually, wrap yourself in cellophane, then put a hazmat suit on, then a PPE. You know what I'm saying? That's what needs to be happening. And then hide in a corner in a, in a dark closet with arming yourself with nothing but hand sanitizer and Lysol because uh, and, and a gang of toilet paper. And uh, yeah, because it's coming. Like I said before. Tucker Carlson shouldn't have been saying, hey, hide your kids, hide your wives. The Black Lives Matter uh, movement is coming for you. It's coming to your neighborhood. Nope. Should have been saying, hide your kids, hide your wives. Coronavirus is coming. It's coming for you. As much as you don't want it to happen, it's happening. Yeah. But the other thing is, is though, you got to factor in these things, too. I think people just got really lazy. Got hella lazy. They said, oh, we flattened the, you know, we, the curve has gone down. The numbers have gone down. Woo! And then they went out and just started getting crazy. Really, really crazy. Going out, hanging out with as many people as they can, so on and so forth. Instead of keeping it, that mindset in the very forefront of, all right, I'm gonna, you, I, I want to be around my friends, but I still got to keep it safe. I still got to play it safe. You know, I still got to play the, my cards right. And a lot of people aren't playing their cards right. Period. Still to this day, still, to, still right now. You got people going up to grocery stores, big box grocery stores, Walmarts, Costco's, Sam's Club. Shoot. All acting a damn fool. Angry because they can't wear a ma- they they have to wear a mask to walk into a place i mean these numbers are going out like through the roof you don't think that maybe that's that could be one of the contributors to the reason why the the numbers are skyrocketing because people are refusing to wear masks i don't know definitely something to think about y'all oh, we're not going to have a choice in st louis whether they wear masks tomorrow nope so. starting tomorrow yeah. It's on like Donkey Kong. You got to wear a mask. Anytime you go outside starting tomorrow, you got to wear a mask. Uh, I'm surprised that the gyms are still open. I'm surprised that 
bars and stuff are still open. I'm telling you this, y'all. It's only a matter of time where we start retracting those things, mm. those certain liberties. Unfortunately, that's just how it's going to be. Now we did, or we play it smart so that we can keep those businesses open. The only thing we can do is actually wear the masks. Right. I don't care what Trump is doing right now. I don't care. Oh, by the way, oh, this is this is the good stuff. This is this is the good stuff. Do you notice? Did you have you noticed that he's been changing his whole MO about this whole mask thing? He still won't wear a mask. But now he's sitting there going, oh, yeah, it might be a good idea to wear a mask. Huh. Funny. Funny. I'm not bashing him. Just stating the facts, Jack. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Just stating the facts. Okay? Just saying. At first he's like, no, nah, man, you know, that's BS. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't need to wear one. Everybody else starts doing the same thing. Any person that, you know, that, that, trusts him like it is scripture has been doing exactly the same thing now he's going well haven't really been saying that but you know if you want to wear a mask it might be a good idea what excuse i'm sorry what you see what i'm saying everybody's looking down like you know busy doing their thing and then all of a sudden he says something like that and they're like what Huh? Wait, what, did he just, I'm sorry. Did I re, did I hear that right? Is he retracting on what he said? Huh? 50,000 over 52,000 cases in a single day, guys. Wear your damn masks. So I'm saying we all want to live. Go ahead, Jack. Let me tell you what he said. And he said he was wearing his mask, and he felt like the Lone Ranger in one, and he liked it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Is that real? Did yeah. you just say something that's real? <laughs> wait, did he say? Wait, wait, wait. He said, and you quote, <clears throat> what did he say one more time? And you quote, what? Hold on one second. What Here. did thou say? Please. Yeah. He said that. Uh, Trump is all for masks and says he looked like the Lone Ranger in one and liked it. So, so you know, he says, I would. Oh, I have. I mean, people have seen me wearing one. If I'm in a group of people where we're not, you know, 10 feet away and but usually not in that position and everyone's tested because I'm the president. They get tested before they see me. My question is, how is he wearing the mask? Because exactly. the Lone Ranger's mask just went around his eyes. Facts. It didn't go over his nose and mouth. <laughs> I was going to say. Did someone not tell him how to put his mask on? Something's not right. Oh, oh man. You know, uh, Tonto, or I mean Mike Pence, should have helped him <laughs> figure it out. Like, no, man, it's not on the, it goes down here. Covers your, your mouth. He he said, I mean, I would have no problem. Actually, I had a mask on. I sort of liked the way I looked, okay? I thought it was okay. And he said this on Wednesday. Uh, it was a dark black mask, and I thought it looked okay. Looks like the Lone Ranger. But no, I have no problem with that. I think, and if people feel good about it, they should do it. Hmm. But he doesn't know about whether or not a mandatory mask wearing for the, the entire U.S. is is needed or not. So, yeah. Still, still to this day, he's going, mm, I don't feel, I don't know. I don't, I don't know so much still. 
Because he doesn't want to admit that he's wrong. Yeah. He just doesn't want to admit fully that he's wrong. And, it, yeah. and here's the thing. Like, man, you know, here it is, y'all. Like, he just gives us too much stuff. How can we not talk about this stuff and point out something that is just not right? If he was actually doing some real things that were actually doing uh, to make for the betterment of this country, I wouldn't be saying nothing right now. I'd be like, all right, Trump, do you, bro. Mm-hmm. This is this stuff is just him retracting and backpedaling as much as he can. It is sad to see, especially when these numbers are going as crazy as they have. Uh, apparently, he just did a live briefing right before we started this show or during right when we got things started over here. I don't know if he's still doing the briefing right now as we speak, but he is still trying to be, let's just say he's trying to be optimistic. And I understand that there's nothing wrong with being optimistic, but we're looking at numbers that are going, that are climbing rapidly because he said it was okay to open up open up the country. Now he's sitting there going, well, everyone fend for themselves. It's up to you guys. It's up to the States. Good luck. That's where we're at. That's where we're at right now. And because he doesn't want, he wants to wash his hands clean of this situation. Hopefully they stay clean so he doesn't get sick. But we're in this place now, guys, like where we shouldn't be we're in a place we, where we shouldn't be at, guys. <laughs> yeah. Just as, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, as, uh... as, as, as real as it gets, y'all. Bare bones. Keeping it straight funky with y'all. Getting down the brass tacks. We are exactly where we shouldn't be right now. Forget economy of the country right now. I'm talking about the well-being and the health of the American people right now. We are nowhere near where we're supposed to be right now. Because we got overzealous and said we must open up the country as soon as possible. Sorry to say this, but who's the one who's saying that we should open up the, the country as quickly as possible? I'm, I'm sorry. Like, like, I, like I said, I'm not trying. I'm not writing this stuff. This is not made up rhetoric. This is not propaganda. This is not fake news. Who's the one who I'm, I'm and this is not rhetoric right now. I'm not saying this rhetorically. I'm asking my brothers and sisters, who's the one who said to open up the country about a, six weeks ago? Who guys? Hmm. 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 Steve. <laughs> is it Steve? Yeah, it, it, I think it was. Yes. Oh. Bannon. Steve Bannon. Wait, I, Steve I think Bannon. you did. I did. Absolutely. I'm the one who runs I, this country. I think I think that at one point in time you were for all for the company the, the country opening back up. Absolutely. All day. All freaking day. <laughs> I'm just like, yes. Yes, Trump. Open it up. Open it up. We ready, baby. We ready. We lions out here. No. <laughs> no. I said, are we sure? I'm going to do a super cut video <laughs> of all the times that I think that you've said stuff. 
<laughs> That's a long super cut. <laughs> I don't have to just cut out, you know, the before preference, uh, you know, reference words about like, do you think? And just be like, open up the country. Yes, all out of context. <laughs> Over yeah. up the country. Not every single one, every show, just take out words and smash it together. Except my face, hair, clothes change every <laughs> every single one. <laughs> yes, yes, but yeah, I'm not making. I'm not the one making this stuff up. So I know there's a lot of people that'll sit there and get upset about what I'm saying right now. I get it. I'm sorry. But I'm not the one who wrote this script. There is no teleprompter in front of me either. This, these are the facts. This is what is being given in front of us. This is what's going on. As much as anyone thinks he might be the greatest president ever to be put out there 45 for life, still, you, can't, you, can't, you cannot fake the funk of what's really going on out here at all. That's it. Sorry. Not trying to bash nobody. I love everybody. I love, <laughs> I love everybody, you know, but there we go. Anyway, anyway, so you guys don't have anything to say. I just I kicked no, it I over to you guys. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where we've kind of touched upon it a little bit. I know so you know, many times every week and throughout the the different shows and stuff. And it's kind of um, overwhelming to think that you know because of our ignorance to it and the administration's ignorance to it and just like the laissez-faire type of attitude that's gone on about it by you know what, a third or more of the country. Um, I don't know, it just makes it really hard to discuss, you know, because there's no direct line for us to end it. When they are saying now that, oh, it's so prevalent that it's going to be hard to contain or even stop, unless if, like, I only imagine the only way to do it now is literally if everyone were to go into full shutdown and stay there for two months, three months. Yeah. But other than that, I think that we're going to be dealing with this for the next year at least, and mm -hmm. it's going to be waves of up and downs. Because the economy can only be shut down for so long. Yeah. Or or certain people will only allow them for the economy to be shut down for so long. Facts. Um, I don't know. It's, um, you know, we've added in all of our two cents before. Yeah, we're in a place where we don't want to be. We don't know how to get out of it. And it depends on everybody working together. And we have a horrible track record of that. So, yeah. It, you know, as much as we like to say, you know, America... You know, we 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 work together and all that. Um, I don't know. We're real. We're real selfish. You know, uh, we're real. <laughs> unfortunately, we're real. We're real selfish sometimes. Um, <clears throat> and the thing is, is like, like, yeah, I, I mean, I see. Like, I get it. We can't just keep the the comp the, the country closed forever. I mean, we can't. There's no way that we can actually feasibly do that. So I understand that we got to get things moving, but we got to do it in a smart way, you know? Um, and I get it that we're not going to be perfect, but also we can look at other countries that have done it and seem to be doing okay. Now, if they start sparking, uh, spiking back up, then there's another conversation that we need to have. But 
if we were to take the model that we've been seeing with other <clears throat> with other countries that haven't been having the second waves type of thing, um, maybe that could help over here. But we're not looking at that, you know. Um, <clears throat> so all I can say is only we're just going to have to sit back and <laughs> watch what's going on um, pretty much and just hope for things to get better things to get okay don't get me wrong i don't want to stay home this is not enjoyable you know i would shoot i would love to see my boys and all of us <clears throat> be in the same room at the same time but unfortunately these are these are the breaks you know this is the reality of it all so segueing on to another piece of reality which I found really interesting. This is something that just broke this morning, right before we started the show. Jeffrey Epstein's associate, Ghislaine Maxwell, has been arrested, y'all. This is huge news. Tommy Boy's got the story. Speak on it, brother. Yes, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, the former girlfriend and longtime associate of the late accused sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, was arrested in New Hampshire on Thursday on U.S. charges of helping to lure underage girls who were then sexually abused by Epstein. So the FBI arrested Maxwell at about 8.30 a.m. Eastern time, and uh, she was arrested in Bradford, New Hampshire. That's about 25 miles west of Concord. And, yeah, she's accused and being charged with, uh, yeah, helping to lure underage girls who were then sexually abused by Epstein. So I guess kind of pro procuring and grooming, I guess, the underage girls that Epstein is, uh, has been accused of um, yeah, abusing. Damn right. Damn right. I'm, a, I'm very happy that this is actually happening, that, that, that this is going down. You know, I was hoping that that Netflix documentary was going to, that docu-series that they did covering Jeffrey Epstein and G Ghislaine Maxwell, I was hoping that it would actually help their, the cases that, were, that, the, that they were doing, uh, help with their investigation, and actually bring these people to justice. It's about time that all these women get exactly what they, they need, which is justice. And I'm very, very happy about it. Ghislaine better go. She better take, they better throw her under the, under the damn prison too. You know what I'm saying? And let her have the same tack on all the years <clears throat> that they were going to give to uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein and give it to her too. Just tack it all on her. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shoot. She was, she was, a, she was basically Robin to his Batman. I mean, it was bad, yo. The stories mm -hmm. that I saw, the stories that I heard and the stories that I saw in this documentary. Wow. This woman was savage, savage, man. It's insane, man. <clears throat> yeah, the uh, U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, which if that sounds familiar, uh, that was the position that Donald Trump was trying to swap out the Friday before Father's Day weekend a couple of weekends ago. Uh, so the acting U.S. attorney there uh, for the Southern District of New York said a news release it would in, in a news release later today they would announce what the exact charges are uh, against Maxwell so would exact charges aren't known yet we'll know them later today after a uh, news release and probably press conference mm. so 
Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what the end results are going to be. Jack, what do you think? I don't know. I wonder what she's been up to uh, in the last, what, six months. Hi. Has she been uh, busy getting rid of evidence? Yeah, and laying low. You know what I'm saying? Laying low like a mug. You feel Mm. me? You've probably been laying hella low. That's, um, you know, if anything, that she can bring any, like, credence to the little black book that, that he had. And, you know, if she decides to start naming names and, and putting people under the bus so that she can get off without going to prison, uh, it'd be interesting to see who she drops out there. Mm-hmm. Mm. What, oh, yeah, actually, uh, M- MB just asked this question. It's a very good question. Was she in? Was she in the USA when they obtained her, or was she somewhere else? She was in the USA. She was in New Hampshire. She oh, was right just on. out. She was twenty-five miles west of Concord, New Hampshire. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, brought in by the FBI at uh, eight thirty a.m. Eastern time. Yeah, interesting. You know, I hope she gets exactly what she deserves. That is a terrible, terrible person, terrible human being. So, like I said, that woman was a savage. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she hangs herself too. Whoops. Right, and make yeah. sure those cameras in her in her jail cell work. Yeah, yeah. How convenient was that? Right. Oh darn, it's not working. Mm. It's not working mm. right now. Whoops. Yeah, Whoops. I don't know what happened to all those body cams. They just were turned off after I told everyone to turn them off. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> it's totally That's crazy. Like... It's totally crazy. Um, but anyway, uh, moving on to other news. Uh, what else is going on, Tom? Well, let's see. Do we want to do something light or something dark? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, it's all good. No, I, no, it was not even a race thing. I was going to go into, uh, you know, do you want some vodka or you want some Jack Daniels? I wasn't going race. You did. Damn. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Uh, something light. Why not? Well, let's do something light. Let's do something light. All right. Well, uh, Beavis and Butthead's coming back. That's some good news for some of us that grew up in the 90s. Oh, no. Comedy Central has... Bringing back a two-season order of Beavis and Butthead with a Daria spinoff, and I believe even a spinoff of Daria. So if you've been craving some Beavis and Butthead, there's going to be two more seasons of it. I'll tell you what, I was not craving some Beavis and Butthead at all, uh, but I know a lot of people are, I'm sure. And it's introducing uh, uh, introducing them to a whole new generation of people as well. So that should be interesting. I, I wonder if they would do Beavis and Butthead the way they are now, but then them having to deal with the technologies of today. Does that make sense? Because, you know, when they came out in the early 90s, there wasn't iPhones. There wasn't social media. There wasn't Tinder. So I wonder if they're going to apply them as if they're still kind of stuck in the 90s, but then they're having to learn about just the world and the way the world is right now today. You know, and the technologies and how the world works now. I think that would be really interesting to see. Yeah, I think that I think that is kind of just from what I read on Deadline. That seems sort of what it's going to be is Beavis and Butthead navigating the world of like Gen Z kids and um, you know the modern world we live in right now. 
while still being Beavis and Butthead. Mm. They, they did bring Beavis and Butthead back in 2011 uh, for a one-off season on MTV. And as I remember that, that was pretty good. I, I like Beavis and Butthead. I mean, it ushered in that whole era of uh, irreverent adult comedy. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I think Mike Judge is hilarious. You know, obviously, King of the Hill, Beavis and Butthead, Office Space, Silicon Valley, um, Idiocracy. I, I, I'm excited to see what he brings Sim- to the table for it. Simpsons. It'd be interesting to see Beavis and Butthead living in the modern world. Yeah. Isn't he the same guy who makes Simpsons as well, right? No. Oh, no. no that's Matt Groening. Ah, uh, thank you. I keep messing those guys up. I keep mixing them up. I don't know why. I guess they both came out at the same time, you know, around that same era. So I just mm-hmm. get those mixed up all the time. You know what I mean? But that's Will the animation be the same? I believe so. I mean, the 2011 animation, I mean, it was a little more cleaned up, but mm-hmm. it was still, you know, kind of the... The same sort of Mike Judge animation that you know you're familiar with from Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill and that right. kind of stuff. So I mean, yeah. it's a it's a little more cleaned up. I don't know if it's made on computers now, probably, but mm-hmm. uh, I imagine it it'll be it'll look more modern. I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, yeah. yeah. Cornholio. <laughs> yes. Oh, please, God! Wait, 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 wait! No. Shut there, up, fart fucker. <laughs> Cornholio. Okay, yeah. I I I I don't I don't miss any of that. I, I really don't miss any of that. I well, don't. stop growing up, Pascal. No, even when the even when the show was out, like I just was not a fan of that show. I thought it was stupid. No offense to anybody that enjoyed Beavis and Butthead, but it just was not my thing. I just thought it was kind of stupid. And then, you know, going and seeing like go actually seeing Beavis and Butthead do America just to me was stupid. The only part that I thought was really funny was lesbian seagull. That part was hilarious. <laughs> other than, other than that, other than that, I, I'm, I've just never been a fan of that show. I just, I, I guess I just, it's this humor that just doesn't speak to me personally, personally, you know, but then, you know, they, the Beavis and Beavis and Butthead basically, uh, you know, was inspired by like Wayne's World, if you think about it. Yeah, it's the same thing, mm-hmm. except just a little bit different humor. It's you know, it's Mike Myers, not the killer, but Mike Myers was sitting there going, "Hey, you know, that same element, two dimwits, but they have their own TV show type of thing." So I, right. I just and I thought that was really interesting. You know, I liked Wayne's World. You know, I enjoyed that part more than. Than Beavis and Butthead. I, I guess it was just a little too lowbrow of humor, humor for me. You know what I mean? Mm. That's just uh-huh. me, though. Yeah. It, it just didn't uh-huh. speak. Gee, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. No, no. In the, in the oh. light of your to me, knowledge. Hey, things hey, that are funny. Uh, uh. Hey, it just, hey, here it is. It just didn't speak to me. It was just not the humor I was looking for. You know what I'm saying? Like, during that time, there wasn't a whole lot of, I hate to go there, but we are going to go there. But th- there wasn't a whole lot of black cartoons there wasn't a whole lot of black humor out there um so it was really hard to like as far as like cartoons and stuff you know the pop culture stuff there wasn't a really a whole lot of those kind of things out there for black kids um especially black teens um during that time it just there really wasn't a whole lot um you know you had like in living color but that was there was a few other shows you know um 
living single and all that, but th- there wasn't really anything like Beavis and Butthead. And so for me, I couldn't relate to a show. We're going there. I, I couldn't relate to a show of two dumb white kids doing stupid white kids stuff. I'm sorry. I just could not, I could not relate to it. So therefore the show was not relatable to me at all. You know, I wasn't listening to grunge rock. I wasn't listening to Nirvana. I, I wasn't listening to what does he have on his shirts? Is it like Slasher or Metallica yeah, got Slayer or whatever? And the other one's Slayer. Got Metallica. Yeah, there we go. I couldn't relate because that's not the stuff that I was listening to when I was a kid. You see what I'm saying? Um, so I couldn't relate to those shows. That one in like Daria, I couldn't relate to it. Mm. Didn't speak to me as oh, a young fair. black kid. But so, so that's why it's like I didn't like that show. Yeah. I felt. It did not speak to me, you know. Well, hopefully they, hopefully they'll have a more diverse writers' room. I, I can't imagine so. there were probably that many black writers, if any, working on the show. Then you know, I bloody, I really, really bloody hope so, because as you already know, I mean that show's coming out. But then, as you already know, there's a lot of, and we can kind of segue into this conversation because I know that we were going to have this conversation the other night, but we just didn't get into it. Um, there are, and we did tap on it a couple days ago, but then now there's even more developing things that are going on in regards to white actors that are stepping down from, uh, uh, black or, uh, people of color characters on, on cartoons. And, um, and that's a new, that's obviously a new wave that's happening. All kinds of people, all kinds of actors and, and, uh, celebrities are starting to step away from those characters because they feel that those voices or those characters should have a person of color's voice behind those characters. Um, and so uh, I definitely want to tap in on that because we haven't had really an opportunity to talk about that fully, you know? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know that, like, for example, uh, Hank Azaria has stepped away from doing Apu. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, I forgot the man's name. It's like Mark Henry. I think his name is Mark Henry. If I'm correct, the guy who voices Cleveland from family guy has now officially stepped down from, uh, uh, speaking or doing the part of, uh, Cleveland. He's not doing that part anymore. And this is, that's a white man. Um, you know, the, Kristen Bell stepping away from, uh, voicing a biracial, uh, a biracial character. There's a bunch of other people that are starting to step down from, they're from the characters that they used to voice. And I would love to hear you guys' opinions on this. You know, is this something that is necessary or is, do you think it's too far? You know, so let's throw this around the room because I'd love to know what y'all think. Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about this the other day. Um, sort of, you know, yeah. I think that, you know, roles that are meant for a certain type of person should be played by that type of person. You know, because then you actually have the true character coming out and it brings, you know, credibility to that that role as well. Um, you know, if I was going and voicing a, you know, an older black woman, like my voice wouldn't be the right voice. So and if you're looking at everything in society that could be seen as, you know, that's a public based like entertainment so it's for everyone mm-hmm. and it influences the way that people look at stuff. And if you know that an actor is voicing a character that, uh, if you're 
say, a young black man growing up and you see Cleveland and you're like, I love this show. And then you find out later that a white guy is being the voice, you know, it, it can, you know, make you feel a certain way, you know, and it's, um, I don't, I, again, I can't find anything or, or see anything that shows a black man voicing like a white guy. Um, but, you know, a voice is a voice and it can, it, you know, it obviously can, if you don't know people's skin color and you just hear their voice, there's some voices where people go, oh, yeah, that's that's a that's a white guy talking yeah. or, you know, you can you can pinpoint some inflections and tones and things like that that might give you an idea of an ethnicity. But for the most part, you know, if you're a voice actor, you can change your voice, your pitch, your tone to play the role. Uh, so it may be really hard to discern, you know, what, you know, color the, the voice actor is. Right. Uh, and, but I understand why, why, you know, it's the same thing as, you know, it's almost, you know, doing, instead of blackface, doing black voice. I mean, right. that's, is, is there really a difference? Yeah, I see, I, I see what you're saying. Um, you know, <sighs> See, this is a, you know, I'm glad we are talking about this. I'm glad that the, this conversation has been brought up because it is a very, uh, you know, it's a, it, it's, it is a little touchy, <clears throat> meaning like you're watching a character on screen, right? You're not watching somebody wearing blackface on screen. You are seeing somebody who is voicing an actual character. There's been writers that are writing the jokes, writing the story and telling the story. Now, my own, my main concern, my only concern really is not about the actors who are playing that particular part. Real talk, if they're slaying it as Cleveland or if they're slaying it as Apu or if they're slaying it as any of these other characters that are on TV right now or on Netflix right now, it really boils down to what is in the writer's room. Who is in the writer's room writing these jokes? I think that that's more important than the actual person voicing the character. Because here's the thing. If there are a whole bunch of racist Indian jokes, let's just say, stereotypical Indian jokes being thrown at Apu's character, and Hank Azaria goes into the room to voice Apu, and he reads these jokes, and he's supposed to read these jokes, I would hope that they would, he would at least voice his opinion, make his voice heard, literally saying, hey, this is racist as hell. Or somebody in that writer's room who's writing that joke is sitting there going, or reading that joke, going over that joke, is saying, no, nah, that's not cool. That's, that's, that's not cool. You know? Or if that person is in there that is of Indian descent, is being able to speak on behalf of the Indian culture and be able to put in their own two cents in regards to the life of being uh, Indian immigrant in America. And then you give that, that script to Hank Azaria, then Hank Azaria is able to read and do his part as Apu. Then there's a proper representation, at least in the writing, of Apu on that show. But when you have a room full of white dudes sitting there going, ha, it would be really funny if we did something about Curry or something of that sort or making him say the thank you come again type of thing, whatever it might be, 
then there's a disservice right then and there. It, it, it's, it, it starts in the writer's room first and then goes to the actual recording of said voice. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that they shouldn't find an actual person of Indian lineage or Indian descent. I, I mean, okay, come on with it. More jobs, more jobs for people of color. Let's make it happen. But at the same time, if everybody's been associated with Apu being voiced as this particular character or this with by this particular person, I feel like it should just boil down to what is being written in the script. Who is in the writer's room writing these scripts? That's what I think, you know, because <clears throat> somebody did mention something which is very true. And it turns into a huge concern, which is. Yogi Fish said, would only Italians be able to voice voice uh, would only be able to voice Italians? Only Irish do leprechaun voices? And I see your point. I definitely see your point. Then it turns into, okay, if oh, so then if an Ital if we're gonna do an Italian voice, it's gotta make we gotta make sure that this guy's Italian. We got to call up Joey Coco Diaz to do this, you know, or, or may he rest in peace. James Gandolfini can only do this voice. You see what I'm saying? It's like, but if somebody's an actor and he can kill that, that voice, why couldn't he be able to do that voice? It all comes down to the writing. I personally think. So let's take it a little bit, I guess, uh, view it from a different way too. So say the, so if it's all done to the writing, so say you have, um, what was that uh, the movie that was the, about the uh, the black couple that went on a date and was getting pulled over? Um, I had not had a chance to see it yet, but written by uh, Keenan or uh, not Keenan. Trying to think of the director's name too. They got the Comedy Central show. I'm blanking on names. Help me out, guys. No one. Wait, wait, wait. Describe it one more time. I was responding to. They came after the Chappelle show and did their duo. Oh, What's that? Key and Peel. Oh, Key. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't know who wrote the the, the script, but the, what was the movie about the two uh, people that were in the car? They get pulled over by the cops. They're dating. Um, is it just talking about Queen and Slim? Yes. Oh, Queen and Slim. Yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Did, did he write that? No. I don't think he did. No, no. no that was Lena, Lena Waith. Lena Waith made wrote that script and she's one of the actors and creators of The Shy that's on Showtime right now. Okay, yeah. So, so there you go. She writes it, writes it obviously for black actors to play. Yes. Imagine putting two two white people in that role, but tell them to use black voices. That would be a different story, for sure. It would be a different genre. It would they would be brought up in a different demographic in a different area of town. No, just so say, like, say play black, but not with a black face. Use a black voice, but you're a black character. Mm, see now okay so here it is here it is when it comes to that kind of movie because they've they've already shown those types that type of people um because those type of people do exist just so you know there are white people that do have you know more of uh uh urban swag to them you know mm -hmm. speak in a certain way uh were born and raised in the inner city they do exist y'all just so you know so there are people out there like a uh What's his name? I'm starting to... I, I forgot his name. Uh, 
I'm forgetting his name. But anyway, um, uh, uh, what's his name? James Franco imitated him basically uh, in the movie Spring Breakers. And I'm trying to remember of the guy. It's gonna, it'll come back to me anyway. So if you, let's just say Queen and Slim was, uh, was portrayed by two white people. And they said, hey, we need you to play, we need you to be a little bit more urban, as they would say. We need to be more street in this movie, all right? Well, then when you do that movie, hopefully you're showing, because here it is, at, at face value, when you ask that question, it's not a cartoon. You're putting your face out there. You are physically embodying a particular character on screen, physically. So if you were to play slim and you know a, a white girl plays queen then we would expect at least the audience would expect for them to show a little bit of a background of who they are to justify the reasons why they act the way they act the, and why they sound the way they sound if they were to just suddenly just go oh here's this two white people trying to act black in a car some 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 uh, Bonnie and Clyde-ish with a tragic ending, sorry, spoiler, then, you know, there'd be a lot of people up in arms being like, there, there should have been a story behind this. There should have been a backstory because why are they suddenly, why are they doing black voice and why are they doing, <clears throat> why are they acting this certain way? Now, when you talk about a cartoon, you got black character on in the cartoon when you're watching the cartoon you're not automatically going is that a white man playing that is that a white man no you take it for face value for what it is right then and there it's right there in your face you see what i'm saying right. so if it's like oh that's cleveland you know because i know that the world like was like whoa when he they came out with the the voice the voice actor that actually plays cleveland they're like get the hell out of here this man white this man white y'all bruh this man white like, no one knew. No one knew unless you really looked it up. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he played a character. Everybody, in, in, everybody accepted Cleveland as Cleveland on that show. You see what I'm saying? So, right. you know, it's, it's a little different when you're putting white person, you know, when you got white person, two white people playing and trying to play Queen and Slim. And then, by the way, by the way, Queen and Slim, they were just them. There was no urbanizing them. There was no swagger of any type. They were just, because that movie was really good. I'm sorry, you got to go, go see it. But they were just two black people dealing with some BS. There was no like, we got to street, we got to make them more street. Mm -hmm. We got to ghettoize them. We got to make them more quote unquote black Nah, they're already black. So the conversations that they had, the, the, way, they the, the way they talked and how they, they uh, interacted with each other was completely different, you know? So, you know, this wasn't no, like, boys in the hood type of stuff. This wasn't menace to society type of, type of uh, uh, attitude and approach to things. It was completely different. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, like I said, like, how we portray how act, voice actors portray those particular characters is, is very important. But I also think it also goes down to not only the communication that the actor has with not only the actor, with the director, but it's also the voice that they have 
uh, it's also the conversation and the dialogue that they have with the writer's room as well. And I think that if you have the right type of actor or the right type of person behind it, behind that voice or behind that character, that's very self-aware of what they're doing, not just trying to secure the bags. If they're very aware of what they're doing and what the, how they're portraying this particular character, then there needs to be communication all around. So in a way, I don't think that these actors need to step down in a way. I understand that like the cancel culture is blazing through and uh, people are trying to right some wrongs and all that. And unfortunately, there will be casualties within this wave of this ca cancel culture. But I do feel that if they are sitting there going, hey, I want to have like we need to have an open dialogue with the writer's room and the director to make sure that these things are very fair. And that these jokes aren't just racist jokes every time. I'm telling you right now, I watch Family Guy all the time. And they make jokes about Cleveland all the time. And it's a lot of race-related jokes. Now, if the actor that's voicing that person or the actor that's voicing Cleveland was able to speak up, or if the writer's room maybe has some black voices, voice writers in there, uh, uh, sorry, um, have some uh, script writers in that room, then maybe these jokes would not be what they are. And they're small jokes, but it's always a, a reminder that Cleveland is black every single time. Those kind of things need to stop. And if that voice actor would actually step up and say, man, can we, can we just have this Cleveland character not be doing all these race jokes all the time? Can he not be the, the Sammy Davis Jr. of this situation? Can he not be the butt of all these jokes? Can we throw these jokes back at them for just, for, you know what I'm saying? Something. Then I think that the, re the approach and the appreciation would be completely different. So you're saying it's about intention. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, context. It's so intention. It's a, a vocal, yeah. vocal de depiction of somebody, but the intention is okay. But then we were just talking the other week about how the intention of blackface doesn't matter. Right? So, like, I've just seen, like, the line. I can understand why people can be furious about it, and I understand, like, why other people are still like, oh, it should be fine. Uh, but intention for one versus intention for the other, I guess they're just, there hasn't been a, uh, a, a negative depiction of really, I mean, I guess the vocal actors, I haven't, and there hasn't been like a straight up, like just racist rant in a, in a show, um, you know, from a, from a white actor playing a black character or something like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas with blackface in history, there has been a whole bunch of negative connotations around it. So Obviously, intention matters in general, uh, but you have to look at the bigger picture, I assume. So that's, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, with Trump saying that, you know, it doesn't matter where you go to college now and that the big jobs are looking towards skill and voice acting is a skill. Mm -hmm. you know, it is interesting to say that, oh, well, and now you're, you're limiting your selection of, of a pool of voice actors to be able to play a role. Will you find the right voice? You know, and and that and that that is a good question, because you know, here it is. There are plenty of black actors out there, or people of color, 
um, out there that are looking for work. Clearly, there uh, you know there's plenty of very talented voice actors out there as well. Uh, black people of color voice actors that are looking for work. So I, I'm not saying that they couldn't, like say a black actor, black voice actor couldn't play a white guy in a, uh, in a cartoon. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not, thro- I'm not trying to throw, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, I feel like there should be more opportunities for people of color for sure. Um, but I feel like, you know, those staple parts have already been done, have already been established, you know, create some more characters, bring those other characters on, bring them, make them prominent characters on, on a show, make sure that those voices are people of color. You see what I'm saying? Right. I don't know. Tom, what do you think? You haven't said anything much yet. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think with voice acting, it's a tough situation. I'm kind of with you that the, if, if the character has already been established as being voiced by a white actor and being voiced respectfully, not yeah. in a way that's playing it up, I think, you know, if people are okay with it, let that continue. But going forward, I think um, animated uh, black characters should be voiced by black actors. But at the same time, I watched a um, a documentary last year. I forget what it was called, but it was about voice acting. And they they touched on this subject of, you know, white characters voicing black actors. Um, and one of the, they, they interviewed, a, uh, I forget his name, but he, he was a black voice actor. And he said, basically, you know, we're all just doing crazy voices on everything. You know, I'm, I'm voicing a duck today. Tomorrow I'm going to be voicing a rabbit. You know, this is, you know, this is our sandbox. You know, we play around with voices and voice work. Um, And I forget, it it may, may, may have been John DiMaggio who voices Bender, but he also voices a bunch of other characters on it. But um, the, the, the black uh, voice actor said basically that like, I think it's John, Joe, John DiMaggio. He says, John DiMaggio is a white actor who voices black characters better than most black actors. I mean, something along those lines. And he's like, he does it respectfully. And, you know, he does it in a funny way that's not offensive. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, could, I think going forward, definitely characters should be cast, you know, especially in this time. But like uh, Hank Azaria, who voices Apu, I think... You know, I don't think he realized that what he was doing was hurtful to no. Indian people. No. And I think if you're a voice actor, you get very connected to that role. And, you know, as with any actor, you have to totally empathize and sympathize with the role you're playing. Mm-hmm. And he's been playing that role since, what, 1988, 89? It's been a minute. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, obviously there are parts of that that I'm sure are very hurtful to Indian people The thank you come again, you know, the kind of playing up that aspect of it. But I mean, you look at an episode like uh, where Lisa becomes a vegetarian and it's pretty respectful of Indian culture and uh, Hinduism. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that learned about Hinduism, you know, at a young age from the Simpsons through Apu. And now has it always been done correctly? Has it always been done right? Probably not. And obviously not. I mean, it's, it's offended a lot of people, but, um, 
you know, it's a hard thing for some of these characters, for some of these voice actors to kind of realize that what they've been doing has been hurting people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and, you know, and here the other, the other thing is, is that I commend somebody like Hank Azaria. I'm a fan of Hank Azaria. I think he's a very, very talented, very talented actor um, and very talented uh, voice actor as well. I mean, he plays a lot of other characters on Simpsons other than just a poo. But <clears throat> I give him mad props for him stepping down and just realizing, you know, I think it's just time to step down and give this character an opportunity to expand and do more with this particular character. And maybe that is someone of Indian descent will be the right choice, will be the right person to voice Apu from this point on. Um, and also he's already made bags and bags of money. Uh, <laughs> moving on, moving on from that though, um, somebody uh, on YouTube, Josh uh, McGutermeyer, uh, thank you so much for the comment. He, uh, he just commented, uh, you're such a pleasure to listen to Pascal. What impact, thank you, by the way, uh, facts it's that smooth voice acting it's, it's, it's it's that uh it's that uh velvet and honey voice right here numbers playing um uh he said what impact do you think this will happen on casts such as <laughs> hamilton okay hamilton let me and this is a very good question so thank you so much for this question here it is. Hamilton, it depends on the, the, the depiction or the way the, the musical or the play is being made. So, for example, Hamilton was made by Lin-Manuel, I forgot his last name. Miranda. Miranda, thank you. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, it is, you know, it, it is very much a hip opera, if you will. Um, and it is a multicultural cast. Now, the whole point of him creating that musical was to create more opportunities and have a more multicultural cast. So I understand that he is portraying Alexander Hamilton and obviously Alexander Hamilton is not of Latin descent. Um, but that is what the play in which that he is created and what he has built uh, to be portrayed as a multicultural cast telling a story on stage. And I think that's one of the reasons why like there was a big wave in the early 2000s where a lot of classic plays were starting to be portrayed and played by actors of all ethnicities, multicultural cast, not just Romeo and Juliet just being an all white cast. During this during that time in the early 2000s, they made it, made sure that it was like, oh, well, we can make the mom black and the dad Asian and and, and Juliet is is white. We can make uh, Rome, Romeo. We can make Romeo be, uh, you know, Latino and then make, you know, such and such. You, you see what I'm saying? It was not a because they were classic plays. They were able to mix it up and have a little bit of fun and and create diversity on the stage on which a play that we would we would usually go see that is normally not portrayed that way it would either just be an all black cast or an all white cast or all latino cast and that and that's all asian cast and that's it you see what i'm saying so lin-manuel's uh show is you know a bunch of actors a, a, a diverse group of uh, actors telling the story of Hamilton 
but that's how the, sh the show and the foundation of the show is. That's what it's been built on. They are not making any racist, racial jokes. They are telling a story. And that is something that I feel is very, very important to, to look at. And actually, you can click and drag that onto any cartoon out there. You know, it's making sure that the jokes are not punching down. It's punching up. And that's what is really, really important when it comes to the next steps in which what they do here in the near future with any of these cartoons and any of these actors that are stepping down. I commend the actors that are stepping down and giving people, uh, giving a, a space for people of color to step in to those particular roles. Um, but I also say, are they really looking into the diversity into the writer's room? Because that's where it really is. The actors are just there to speak the words and tell the story. The writers are the ones that are writing it. And that's getting okayed and getting passed through. Anyway, we got to go into a quick commercial break. Thank you guys so much for your comments. It's really, really wonderful. We'll be right back. We got more to talk about because, you know... <laughs> The world's burning. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is the Pascal Show. Bye. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I got, I got it, Tom. I'm gonna, I'm right. gonna, I'm gonna jump into something. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in. If this is your first time checking out this show, please go hit that like button underneath this underneath this video right now as we speak. Uh, definitely, if you haven't done it yet, crush that subscribe button. That would really, really mean a lot. Anyway, we got to go into this next conversation. There is some stuff that I wanted to talk about. There's a video that was sent to me last night that uh, I checked out this morning, and it really kind of... Uh, shook me and uh, I, I felt like I felt moved to share it onto the show. Um, and I, I think this is something very, very uh, important uh, that I think we all should see, um, especially everybody who's out there, you know, going to celebrate or do anything uh, that is related to the 4th of July. Um, I, I want to make sure that you guys get to see this. It's something that I, I was kind of like, is this real? Like, I, I didn't know if this was real or no. Nah. Um, so I, but I wanted to pull this out because this is something, like I said, I think it's something very important that we all should see. It, and it, I'm not trying to fear monger. Not at all. I just want people to be aware of what's going on and what could happen over Fourth of July weekend. So here it is, guys. Alert as follows, comrades. This is an early alert of supposed activity this weekend on the 4th of July that would cause harm to our people on a very large scale. The Huey P. Newton Gun Club has received intel from two credible sources that multiple white nationalist groups slash militias are planning a nationwide attack on all of our people over the 4th of July weekend. The sources could not confirm the motives of the nationalists, but they might be tied to the events that have recently happened with the taking down of Confederate symbols across the United States and the retaliation against police brutality across the United States as well. We as a preparedness group should take this threat very seriously for two reasons. One, for the events that have sparked the epicenter in Minnesota with the murder of George Floyd and the sudden spike of Klan recruitment 
in the southern states the past three months. Please do not take this threat lightly. Okay. Uh, over the past couple of months, there has definitely been a spike in recruitment in this area. It is my job to pay attention to these things, and I have. There's also been an uptick in rhetoric online, threats from these different militia groups. And again, this is not a training exercise. This is real. The threat is real this weekend. Take precautions. When you're out and about with your families, you should avoid large crowds of people, which shouldn't be hard because we're still on a coronavirus protocol. So staying away from large crowds should be easy. Most of the fireworks events and so forth, I believe, have been canceled. If not, you may want to consider staying away from those things. And I know, like myself, we're not celebrating the 4th of July, but I know people and their children like to see fireworks and may want to go out anyway. I would advise you not to do it. Okay. So that video has been shared a lot <laughs> over 28,000 times uh, and has been viewed 1.4 million times. So I felt obligated to pull this up. Now, you know, anything, everything nowadays can be fake news, exaggerated, made to fear monger, made to, uh, sorry, sorry, uh, made to uh, raise fear in people. But I felt obligated to put, to put that out because, I mean, here's the reality of it all, y'all. Fourth of July is coming. There is a lot of tension going on in the world. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there that would feel like this is their time to exact their rights as Americans. So I want to just say that to everyone to please be safe this weekend. Because if this threat is really real, I have heard stories and, and Jack just said a story from from somebody who uh, watches the show, a, a fan of the show, part of the family, said something in regards to they were trying, they were actually getting, a friend of theirs was getting recruited by white nationalists. This is a very real thing. Um, whether they do anything, whether it happens, anything happens on 4th of July, I'd rather have all you, all my family, be safe and not in harm's way during this weekend. So, uh, Jack, you know, tell me a little bit, you know, tell, tell the people a little bit about what you heard. You told me something that I was just like, whoa, yeah. that's it. That I mean, is so real. There's all these groups and things that are going on on Facebook. Uh, and somebody I know is, was with one of their clients and, uh, here in Missouri, and they are a gun owner, uh, and they're part of a gun group, and, and the gun group messages are going around about, you know, heading out to Seattle to help uh, shut down the Chaz and CHOP area uh, if the mayor wasn't going to do anything, and then, uh, you know, by July 4th, and on July 4th, everyone would come together, uh, and groups are planning to head up there. I don't know which groups, I don't know, you know, 
how many people are involved. Um, but you know, it's definitely the messages are being spread and whether it's actual like true or people trying to create a stir, um, I'm not sure. Uh, but you know, there's the same things were being spread about, uh, Antifa groups, you know, in the beginning of the, of June, we're going to be driving around into uh, people's neighborhoods and things like that. So from the opposite side, uh, you know, there was, you know, the, the stuff going on and the guy that was part of the pizza gate stuff, pushing it out, you know, with no sources uh, and stuff like that. Uh, but there's another Facebook thing that was going around and getting tons of shares uh, from a lady that was passing um, around a, a meme or, or whatever. Or, you know, she said that she got an iMessage from someone saying that uh, people are going to be going around in U-Hauls and being dropped off and using fireworks as cover uh, for gunfire and um I don't know. It's uh, I think every Fourth of July there's some group that always comes out, but with everything else that's been going on leading up to this Fourth of July, uh, things seem a little bit more realistic and possible. So I don't know. It's going to be hopefully a, a safe Fourth of July for everyone, but I'm sure that there's going to be you know just just the fact that people are talking about it and that it's right. being spread around, even if the whole thing isn't true. There's always that chance that some small faction of people decides to do it on their own and, you know, decides to go out to their local fireworks thing going on or to go out to some other city that's near them uh, and to cause havoc and to create a panic to actually bring guns and use them. Uh, It's one of those things where, you know, it may be a great opportunity just to stay home. And, you know, they shouldn't be out and about celebrating too much with large crowds anyway. Um, you know, if you're going to go watch fireworks, I imagine most cities and stuff aren't having any of their things going on besides something where you may have to go sit in a car to go watch it. Um, then you're kind of like if you're out and about and something does go down there, you're kind of like a, in a crowded area with cars. Like mm-hmm. imagine getting out of a concert, you know, uh, and it's not like you can go anywhere fast. Um, but I imagine there'll, other be, there'll be people that are bringing guns with them, too to protect themselves. Uh, so I don't know. It, 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 some place could turn into uh, a, a gunfight, you know, seen very easily. I imagine uh, tensions are high. It just takes two people in a parking lot. I mean, people are already pulling guns on each other. I just saw TMZ had broke a story about in Detroit, uh, how a, a white woman was pulling a gun on her, on a black lady with their daughter. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're after they be, walked by each other and like bumped each other. Yeah, we're going to be pulling that up here in a second. I have that yeah, video so, as well. Yeah, so I mean, it's you know, people are on edge and people are you know feeling like they're under attack on both sides, uh, and especially people that are possibly racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're feeling really under attack, uh, and, and if they're going out and they're on edge and if they're looking to, if they want to go out and cause an issue and they're looking to cause an issue, something's going to happen. Uh, you know, if they're just saying, saying, oh, I'm not going to go join that, but if people are joining in the conversation, someone's going to go and someone's going to do something bad. Right. Hmm. Be safe. Tom. Be, be, be on alert. Right. Tom. Yeah. I, um, you know, I don't know if it's true or not, but certainly I'm sure there are people out there that are wanting to do something, wanting to hurt people, wanting to take advantage of the situation mm-hmm. to uh, go out and, you know, kill people. So I'm sure there will be terrorism, unfortunately. Um, I guess my question is, 
Uh, why, why, are, why isn't the FBI, if, if this is true, if these threats are being thrown around, why, why, are, why are we not hearing it from the FBI? Yeah. Why isn't the FBI letting us know, like, hey, we've been hearing a lot of talk about a possible terrorist attack. I mean, you never, I mean, you know, occasionally you'll hear them say, like, you know, there's a increased risk this weekend of terrorism. We haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah, it's but been a while. I would hope that if there was a, a true credible threat to the public safety over the 4th of July weekend that the FBI would take the lead on it and say, okay, we've been hearing chatter about a possible terrorist attack, you know, be on guard. So, I mean, I, I would hope the FBI would do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't checked out Snopes, um, but I don't know if they're covering any of like... If, something's been shared and whether or not it they are providing any information on it but you know i don't know how how accurate snopes is all the time but yeah i mean i'm not i'm not saying that the threat is incredible i mean i i wouldn't be surprised if it is credible as my cat nuzzles my microphone but um, terrorist terrorist <laughs> yeah that's right she's terrorizing this conversation man and <laughs> she's infiltrating evil doers yeah. all right go ahead well, yeah, I, I don't know if the, uh, you know, um, I, I don't know if the threat's credible or not, but I imagine there are people out there that are wanting to do something right now. But I would hope that if there's a credible threat that the FBI would let us know, you know, hey, we've been tracking some chatter online about people wanting to get together and, you know, hurt African-Americans this weekend or something. I would hope that the FBI would let us know that. Mm. Well, we'll find um, out. Yeah, most places, you know, aren't having events, right? Um, but it looks like Trump is pushing for a four, July 4th celebration at the National Mall with one of the largest fireworks displays ever. Yep. Um, and they're going to be giving out as many as 300,000 face masks, even though it won't be required for people to wear them. Yes. Uh, Real quick, yeah. before we dive into that, I just wanted to say my piece. Um, please, everybody out there... If you're going to go and celebrate 4th of July, please just do it at home. Just do it at home. I know that there's a lot of things before we go into the, the 4th of July celebrations. There's a lot of places that are going to be shutting down there that aren't doing any uh, fireworks at all because they don't want people getting together. There's obviously because of the 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 rise and the spike in cases that are going on right now but i would just say if you can please stay home stay safe do your stuff do all your barbecuing and all that if you're going to have friends over and everything make sure they they keep their asses outside on the patio or out on your in your backyard you know do not try to bring anybody into your crib but at the same time, just be weary of your surroundings. If you end up going any place uh, of some sort of downtown fair or some big event that's going on, you know, just be wary of your, your surroundings. Because as much as I keep saying, I don't know if this is entirely 110 percent real, it doesn't hurt to be, you know, rather be safe than sorry. You know, so I would just say, please be safe with that, please. All right. We all want us. I, I want all you guys to come back on Monday talking about how you guys had a great time and ate the worst barbecue you ever had or something like that, you know, or the best barbecue you ever had. Just the fact that just regardless of that, I just want you guys to be safe. All right. Um, but anyway, you were saying, uh, Jack, about this yeah, uh, fireworks. Uh, yeah. One of the largest 
Fourth uh, of July events is planned to be going on, and uh, Washington parks and things like that, and the Washington mayor is like, uh, I don't want this to happen. It's you know against the CDC guidelines. There's no way for people to social distance without that big of a crowd, uh, but they can't shut it down because it's all on federal land. Uh, last year, uh, they spent us about six and a half million dollars uh, on the fireworks display. This year, they're spending about thirteen million dollars. Uh, it is going to be a uh, mile-long firing of ten thousand fireworks. Wow! Mm. Uh, it will be the largest in recent memory. And Trump said uh, that. What will, without question, be a special evening? Of course. Oh, it, without um, question, will be the biggest event ever in the history of Fourth of July's. It'll be the biggest you've ever seen. Of course. What else? Yeah. Is new? Not surprised. Uh, this year they won't have military vehicles, though. Mm. Although Trump would really like to have them. Of course. <laughs> of course he does. What else so, is new? What else but, is you new? Know, you know I'm glad I mean? that, I'm glad that the government is willing just to to burn literally burn and blow up 13 million dollars of that that's just like the fireworks display and then how much money does it cost for secret service and for all the security and then the cleanup crews and then everything else and then what about the economic impact of you know say 10% of those people get infected and you have another 10% that die uh, from it so you know, you got 3,000 people dying from going to a 4th of July event. <laughs> like, and the spread just becoming a thing that can go astronomical, you know, from having that many people together. I mean, we're, we're, we're mad about a concert that had 3,000 people. Yeah. This is going to be a concert, a, an event with 300,000 people. You know, again, I don't know if there were tickets that are being sold and if this is another thing where, like, he's expecting 300,000 people to show up and 5,000 people end up coming. Um, but as of right now, like, <laughs> I will not be visiting uh, that area of town. <laughs> not anytime <laughs> soon. Not anytime yeah. soon. But the funny thing is, is let me piggyback off of what you just uh, were just saying about the 4th of July event. Um, he's actually starting, uh, starting his event Friday, if I'm no. correct. Um, yes, uh, in a, he's going to be doing a visit to South Dakota. Uh, President Trump plans to kick off a 4th of July celebrations on Friday at Mount Rushmore. Now, this is part of our top news, so we got to talk about this, too. Uh, a national monument, if you don't know what uh, Mount Rushmore is, a national monument un unveiled by Franklin D. Roosevelt way back in the day. OK, uh, so Trump's visit comes amid national debate over future the future of Confederate statues and monuments across the country. This controversy also applies to Mount Rushmore because the man because of the man who sculpted it, sculpted it. The sculptor and artist Gutsan Borglum, Gutsan Borglum created the 60-foot-high sculpture between 1927 and 1941. Uh, he was also responsible for the Confederate monument in Georgia's Stone Mountain uh, and has ties to the KKK. So, 
Now people are sitting here and saying that we need to start looking at the uh, the Mount Rushmore National Monument as a possible thing that we might have to uh, reconsider Mount Rushmore. So there you have it. There's going to be about 7,500 spectators at the Mount Rushmore event. They won an online ticket lottery. Now, now, mind you, this is not these people who are winning this this lottery. It's not like they all knew about this background story. So it's not like this right. is all like white nationalists coming together oh, right. to go check out Mount Rushmore. No, they just want to be a part of the event and and then see all the things popping off and behind Mount Rushmore. You know, they just want to be a part of a historical moment, um, right? And a and, and Which, part of a big, huge, huge. Sorry, huge. huge event. What were you going to say, Jack? Uh, it's been, you know, I guess it's it's been shut down there for quite some time now, um, a, a decade. It's been banned amid concerns about wildfires and groundwater pollution and protests by Native Americans. Yes. Um, so, you know, I guess obviously all the environmental concerns are no longer part of the discussion uh, for things that Trump does. So, yes. And, uh, and I don't I, I don't think that he has I haven't really ever heard him talk about Native Americans. Uh, so I don't know what exactly um, his views are. Yeah. Um, uh, well, the reason why the Native Americans just to jump off what you were saying, the reason why uh, Native Americans are feeling some type of way about Mount, Mount Rushmore is because Native Americans have, uh, say that the structure is a desecration of their sacred lands. The uh, Lakota Sioux, uh, the Lakota Sioux. I guess that's the right way of pronouncing it in North and South Dakota have long said that the land has been stolen from them. And I quote, they said to native Americans, Mount Rushmore is not a poke in the eye. It's a poke in the heart. Mm. So Mm. that's why that there are protests about Mount Rushmore period. But then also on top of that, let's just add that the sculptor has ties to the KKK. Let's not forget that too. Might as well just sprinkle that in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jack. I was just going to say the amount of, um, I just read this thing from the national park service, uh, saying, yeah, the carving itself is rock and right below the carving is, is rock that was carved off in order to make the sculpture. But beyond that, there's a ponderosa pine forest and black Hills generally is a tender box this time of year. And right now they're in a drought. Uh, the National Integrated Drought Information System currently has the Black Hills as a moderate drought. Uh, so the National Park Service did do a controlled burn around the monument in springtime, uh, but they noted that conducting that prescribed fire uh, won't reduce the amount of flammable material. The vegetation that is on the ground, uh, it says a veteran fire ranger, it says it cannot prevent any fire from starting. So uh, in the past, the Native Americans have said that fires have started within a mile away from Mount Rushmore from fireworks before. Uh, so it'd be, be interesting to see how many people get sick, uh, how many forest fires starts, how many how many disasters can come from this one event. No kidding. It's like, <laughs> I'm just waiting for Trump to start walking out with uh, with Billy Joel's "We Didn't Start the Fire." You know what I'm saying? And then Billy Joel go, "No, take that down. We don't." Right. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Tom? Though, no, sorry for. Oh, no. uh, Well, the uh, Native Americans, particularly the Sioux people, feel that Mount Rushmore uh, shouldn't exist because, according to the 1868 Fort Laramie Treaty, 
they say that uh, Mount Rushmore and the Black Hills that surround it are part of the Great Sioux Reservation set, afi- set aside for the exclusive use of the Sioux people. Hmm. So according to the Sioux, the, that's a desecration of their land and goes against the 1868 Fort Laramie Treaty. Bruh. Interesting. Yeah. So then it's like, what do we, what do they do? I mean, the damage is already done, right? The, the, the Mount Rushmore is already there, right? The, the monument is there. So what do you do? Say, say that, what, what is it that they want it to be destroyed? It to be taken, taken down. How do you take down something like that? I mean, so then what is the, Chisel. right. But what is the, what is the, um, what's a happy medium or what is the, what is it that, what's their goal? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If they were to win, let's just say randomly, just randomly out of nowhere, they win. What next? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got to put up, a, blow a blanket up over it. Like, <laughs> a big ass blanket. But I'm, I'm not trying to be a, I'm not trying to be a jerk here. I'm just saying like, yeah, what I is mean, the goal? It seems like it would be doing more environmental damage at this point to blow it up even further. But I don't, I don't know. Um, Resculpt them. But, you know, I think I think the sewer just pointing out the context of Mount Rushmore and, uh, you know, I, I think they if this truly is breaking of the treaty, then they have every reason to be. I mean, even if it's just in a breaking of the treaty, they have every reason to be angry because we took their entire land from them. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Now you can see behind me, there's also a, um, in the but in the Black Hills, uh, there is also another um, mountain carving. That's 13 miles away from Mount Rushmore, um, and it's called the Crazy Horse Memorial. Um, so that that is that was one response of uh, the Native Americans, or at least one Native American, to, um, to combat, I guess, Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like supposed to be, I think it's larger than Mount Rushmore itself. Uh, but he began carving it back in 1948. They don't expect it to be done for another like 100 years. Hmm. But yeah, it's crazy. pretty crazy. Mm. That's definitely crazy. Um, so, you know, let's move on to the next topic. Um, and this is something very interesting. It's about uh, to all my sisters out there, or actually, you know, even girl, even even white girls do use this stuff too now. Um, you know, I guess it's become a thing. Weaves, hair weaves, is a, a conversation that a bunch of men should never have a conversation about. <laughs> but we are actually going to have this conversation today. Uh, and from my understanding, hair weaves from a Chinese prison camp have been seized. Tommy boy, <laughs> speak on it. Yeah, uh, yesterday in New York, uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection agents seized a shipment of weaves hair weaves that were shipped from western china to new york because they suspect that the hair used in the weaves is from political political and social prisoners in uh china that they're from these and we've we've talked about this a few times on the show these re-education camps in china for uh the uyghur minority for those of you don't know uh, the Uyghurs are the Muslim minority in Western China. They're ethnically Turkish, but they live in China, mm. where they've lived forever. And the Chinese have been doing everything they can to clamp down on the Uyghurs. They have forced abortions, sterilizations. They have these re-education camps where they go and force them to work in these factories and learn, you know, Han Chinese values. 
and um, you know they're they've been suspected of harvesting organs from them while they're imprisoned. I mean, basically, these are modern concentration camps. This is modern day genocide. Mm-hmm. But they they found these. Uh, this is the second time they've confiscated uh, weaves that have been shipped from Western China. Uh, the first the first uh, shipment was synthetic hair, but they suspected that it had been uh, that they had been put together in these uh, Chinese re-education camps for Uyghurs. Um, but this most recent one was actual human hair. So Man, could they... be if you're buying weave from China, you might be wearing some political prisoner's hair that was chopped off of them. Ain't that messed mm. up? You know, like that good her. Not 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 just some regular not some regular syn- synthetic crap. I'm, we talking about that good her could be coming off of the top of a, 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 a political prisoner. You know what I mean? That is jacked up. Yeah, that is sick. super jacked up, and met, that is some concentration camp type stuff. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That is sick as hell, man. That is super sick as hell. Yeah. In the United States, you know, we're we're getting hair from political prisoners in China. It's very, very weird. They said that the hair products were worth an estimated eight hundred thousand dollars. Of course, China's denying that this was made by political prisoners, but the Associated Press has sent in uh investigative units to check out where these things are made. This is very interesting. This is further down in the article, but they said when they were when they were taking a cab to go look at the factory where these weaves were made, that the Chinese government had been tracking them since they landed in the country, had been tracking the cab that they were in, notified the cab driver to turn around and bring the AP reporters back to their hotel. Oh. Like, and the AP was eventually able to get, you know, to see the factory from the outside. They said that the factory where these weaves were made uh, that was fenced in with barbed wire and had armed guards at the gates. So a lot of these Uyghur uh, concentration camps, uh, they'll send them out, have them work for nothing. Basically, they're slave, you know, slave work. They send them out to make these weaves, and then they go back to their re-education camp at night. Mm. So uh, I was reading more stuff about that. I mean, taking their hair is like I think the least of their concerns. Oh, uh, yeah. Because there's, like, if you look at the per capita uh, surgeon, like, hospitals uh, that actually do full-on, like, surgeries and everything, mm. like, in in China, they have the most, like, for their per capita, like, beyond what it should be there. Yes. And, and popped them up within a few years and have, like, so many surgeons that are working there that doesn't make sense, like, the amount of surgeries that they'd be able to do. Um, and they just keep on building more hospitals to do those types of surgeries. And, but they're saying that they're taking, you know, rich Chinese people can come and pay. And I guess maybe other, other countries, but, uh, and they come and pay and they can have, you need a liver. Okay. Yeah. We'll yeah. go get you one. And they just, you know, against their will, doesn't matter. Like uh, they're, they're as parts. Yeah. I I want to remind, I mean, again, this came from John Bolton, but John Bolton claimed in his book that Donald Trump kind of said, you know, these reeducation camps are fine by him, at least according to Bolton. If you're believing what John Bolton has to say about Trump, Bolton says that Trump basically told Xi Jinping that these concentration camps are fine by him. 
Mm. Not surprised at all whatsoever, whatsoever in mm. the in the slightest. If that uh, you know of that story, what's what's so sad is that. I mean, even somebody was saying. I think it was uh, Yogi Fish was saying. You know, what kind of world do we do we live in? And it's like, well, we live in a very very lucky part of the world where we don't see these kind of things even though we do have certain things like that here in, here in America too, but that that's another conversation. I digress. Um, it is very frustrating that that is something that is real and no one is doing anything about it. Now, let me ask you this, Tom, and maybe you mm-hmm. know this, maybe not. And no, it's all good if you don't, but how long have they been doing said thing? Like with the, the hair, you know, like how long have they been doing this? And suddenly now we start to, now these things are being seized. How long have they been doing said hair? At least just the hair. Let's just start with the hair. Yeah. Um, as far as we know, we don't, the, this is only the second shipment of weave that has been uh, called out by the customs and border patrol. So the last one was in May. So um, as far as we can factually say, it, it looks like we've known about this since May. So not not too long, but the Uyghur re-education camps absolutely been around. China's mistreatment time. of them is 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 not a new thing. That's been going on a long time. You know. Uh, so in other words, we're just making we're just seeing it now. Seeing right, it we're now. we're just at least the Customs and Border Patrol agents are seeing it now. How long it's actually been going on, I don't know, but they've just started cracking down on it in May. You want to know why? You want to know why? It's the Rona. <laughs> no, seriously, think about it. Think about it. They probably known about this for a long time. Now they're tra- starting to seize things. Cause why? Our country's sick. Our country's getting really sick again. Of course they're gonna start slapping China on the wrist. Of course they're gonna do that. So I guarantee you they've already they've been knowing about this BS. You know what I'm saying? This can't all of a sudden out of nowhere be a thing now. How do you know what I'm saying? How did they even find out in the first place? What the smell the hair and go, this smells like a you know, this this smells like a political prisoner. You know mm. what I'm saying? It smells like a concentration camp. No. <laughs> they've been knowing this. But what's going on with the world and where the, you know, where we all are saying that the, the, the virus is coming from, they're trying to slap them on the wrist, man. But what I'd like to do, what I'd like to see happen real quick. Sorry, Tom, I'll let you speak here in a second. But what I'd like to see is that this be the start of them actually doing something about freeing those prisoners, getting that concentration camp out of there because no one deserves to live that way yeah at all well i think that that's that's some optimistic thinking i don't think china has any intention of shutting down those concentration camps of course if anything they're going to use the cover of coronavirus to ramp up what they're doing i mean we've seen where they've been cracking down they've got that new security law they pushed in on hong kong and that's i mean (laughs) a rare instance of uh, something passing unanimously in the House. They passed a referendum yesterday on, uh, you know, basically saying that banks should be uh, penalized for dealing with uh, 
Chinese officials that are involved in this new security law in Hong Kong. But there seems to finally be like an agreement among everyone that Hong Kong is or that China is acting very, very poorly right now. But, you know, how much can we really do about it? Again, all of our cell phones, our computers, our TVs, everything's made there. They're our manufacturing base. So, you know, unless all of our manufacturers want to take all of their factories and move them to a different country with better, you know, a better track record on human rights. We're kind of stuck dealing with China. Yeah. And China doesn't really seem to care about human rights whatsoever. Yeah. So. Oh, we got a phone call. I'm going to try this real quick. All right. Hello. You're on the mic with the Pascal show. He- Hello. You're yeah, on the mic with the Pascal on. show. Uh, what's your name and where are you where are you calling from? It's working. Hey. Hello. Hey. Welcome to the Pascal show. <laughs> what's your name and where are you calling yeah, from? Uh, can you hear me? Yes. My name is Rabbi Israel. Rabbi Israel, you said? Yes. Oh, okay. So what's on your mind, brother? Speak on it. I believe Trump and China get together in the Moses Bowers in the United States to indigenously kill black folks and the Mexicans and Native Americans. And the, the Caucasians and Europeans who have been who have been killed or just uh, 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 collateral damage. Did you guys get that? A little broken up there. Yeah, uh, uh, Trump and China indigenously manufactured this virus to come to the to the United States. Hmm. Okay. So you believe that the virus was created in Wuhan by the yeah. in a lab? Uh, 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 if you want an example, look at Europe. Already they're bringing in 3 million Chinese. 3 million. Imagine 3 million Chinese coming to America. Okay. You be able to see Chinese neighbor next door to you on both sides. And uh, if okay. they bring in, if they bring in three million to to Europe, they go bring in fifty million to 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 the United States. Hmm. Now, if if you ain't never done this, you ain't never done a a a doomsday. Scenario, mm. but Trump's got a doomsday scenario to get elected. He, you know, he he got his knees to be the president again. He he got his knees to be the president like Putin doing. Okay. No, if he if he if he Putin Well. <laughs> Uh, uh, Rabbi Israel, thank you so much. We're gonna we're gonna continue the conversation of w- what you just said. All right, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Goodbye. Okay, so did you guys? Did anyone get? Yeah, I mean, that? so he's saying thank that you. there's three million uh, Chinese that are uh, currently in the U.S. He's talking about you know discussing like a, a doomsday scenario, uh, and and with the Chinese, you know, if they wanted to bring fifty million. Uh, to the U.S., they could. 
and and you know it's a um i think that south park did a did a thing about that where uh, all the chinese people that had come over were uh, you know silently infiltrating into mm-hmm. the u.s economy uh, and, and then all of a sudden uh, you know they all have ak's and are going around and um it's a you know well when I guess you, if we're looking uh, i i, I just okay. don't ever see again when we'll have a land war well, wait, hold on, uh, and, hold, hold and that's on. That's the thing. When you say fifty million, what do you mean? Like fifty million will come to us? What? What is? What do you he, mean? Like he exactly? could bring 50, 50 million Chinese military or oh, okay, anybody you. else could be brought to the U.S. Gotcha. Because they they have the numbers and they could, you know, their military is very large. They could they could, you know, if they wanted to come fight, they could come fight. But I just don't see a ground war scenario anymore. Um, besides local, you know, locations maybe along. Uh, borders and things like that. I could see some kind of um, escalation there because we, that's currently happening in other other places. Gotcha. I just don't see you know na- naval ships coming and trying to uh, come up on Miami and drop off you know a whole bunch of of troops. Yeah. Uh, I don't see those types of things. But like the you know there's going to be a, some kind of you know China's not happy that we're putting in the, these these bank regulations and uh, tariffs or whatever they'll end up being. Uh, for Hong Kong, they don't want our intervention in anything. Uh, they don't want anybody's intervention in their stuff. They, uh, you know, there's no control over them. There's no, you know, there's no, just slapping the wrist. It doesn't matter. The, the amount, the sheer volume of people that they have. Yeah. You know, they are a standalone economy. And really, you know, I, I don't know too much of the different imports and things, but they don't really need the U.S. anymore. They've brokered out deals once the tariffs went out. They brokered out deals with a lot of things for with other countries. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we are now just, you know, instead of a, a benefit to them, they already own like the Chinese government and Chinese like, um, citizens own a, a large, large majority of open land that's in the U S uh, and we don't have any limitations on, um, foreign own owners of land in our country. They can buy up as much as they want. And so when you see our economy go down and the pricing of housing drops and land drops, and if you look and you, you like see, see public records at how much like actual land and things being bought up by China and the U.S., we already owe them debt. Like we already are in severe debt to China. China is starting to take control over a portion of our actual, you know, of our land in America through ownership. And so, I mean, it's a, you know, they, they have a, long, a large plan. It's, um, you know, they are a superpower. And if anything, you know, they are, you know, with their secrecy, they've probably cemented it that they are the main superpower in the U.S. right now or in the in the in in the world, not just the U.S. anymore. So we're, you know, we spend more money, like three times the amount on military uh, stuff, expenditures than uh, China does. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that their military is not on par with ours. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they have nuclear capabilities. Uh, they have their own allies. Uh, right. You know, if you know, if a ground war were to happen, I mean, I don't think anybody would want a ground war here because we do have so many guns. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it would be unlike other countries. Slug. Like all of our people are actually armed. Yeah. So. Right. Tom, what do you think, real quick? We got to go into a quick commercial break. I've always just been fascinated by the fact that Nixon opened up trade with China while we were fighting with communist China while we were fighting communism in Vietnam. 
I've I've always been kind of perplexed by that. I probably should know more about the history of it, but I've never really understood why when we were fighting the spread of communism in Vietnam, we then went to the biggest proponent of communism in Asia, China, and opened up the trade with them. We made China a superpower at the same time we were fighting communism in Vietnam. I, it's always perplexed me. I don't know that I fully understand it, but it's confusing to me. And the amount of um, turning a blind eye to what China does so that we can get cheap iPhones and computers, I think is, it's, it's nauseating. Yeah. Yeah. It's messed up. It's definitely messed up. Anyway, we got to go into a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. This is the Pascal show. Bye. Hey, welcome, welcome back, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If this is your first time checking out this show, please hit that like button underneath this feed right now as we speak. And of course, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done it. And also, share, share, share this video. I'd really, really appreciate it. Anyway, we got to go on to this next story. Um, There is a Florida sheriff that has gone out and made a, basically, he went out and said publicly that he is going to deputize any lawful go- gun owner in his area. And uh, this is some really crazy stuff. Uh, Tom, you, you got a little bit of that story? Yeah, I've got a little bit on it. Uh, this comes from Clay County Sheriff Daryl Daniels. Uh, he issued a warning in a three-minute video yesterday saying he was ready to enlist the help of civilians if there are any demonstrations his deputies can't handle. Oh, man. So... I'm looking at Clay County on the map here. It seems to be right in between Jacksonville and Florida. It looks like it's probably looks like it's kind of the suburbs of Jacksonville, maybe. But um, this guy's saying, basically, if um, if there are any demonstrations in, in our community that our police force can't handle, he says he'd have no problem deputizing any lawful gun owner to help them control the crowds. Well, so. We- we got the video. Yeah. Like to hear it. Here we go. Of the Clay County Sheriff's Office, but just want, hey folks, me and the men and women of the Clay County Sheriff's Office, but just want to weigh in on what we're seeing going on, played out across the media or mainstream media in this country. Look, folks, don't fall victim to subjecting yourselves to this this conversation that uh, law enforcement is bad that law enforcement is the enemy of the citizens that we're sworn to protect and serve. We swore an oath. And in that oath, we swore to support, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States and the government. And that we're duly qualified under the state's Constitution to hold office. That is, for me as a sheriff, and for these men and women as deputy sheriffs, and we end that with, so help me God. But God is absent from the media's message or Black Lives Matter or any other uh, group out there that's, that's making themselves a spectacle, disrupting what we know to be our quality of life in this country. In Clay County, we have a great quality of life. We have a great relationship with our community. But across this country, not so much. I just wanted to take a stand with these men and with these women who feel the same way that I do. Lawlessness, that's unacceptable in this country. Lawlessness, that's unacceptable in Clay County. And if you threaten to come to Clay County and think that for one second that we'll bend our backs for you, you're sadly mistaken. 
I know what happens when lawlessness prevails. And in this day and time, God is raising up men and women, just like the folks you see standing behind me, who will have strong backbones and will stand in the gap between lawlessness and the good citizenry that we're sworn to protect and serve. So you can threat all you want. You can say, hey, let's go to Clay County or let's go to some other peaceful county where their problems don't exist or not so much like across this country, where relationships are great and not strained and where the people support their sheriff and support the men and women who wear the uniform. And you'll have something waiting on you that you don't want. Yes, we'll protect your constitutional rights as long as you remain under the umbrella of peaceful protest or peaceful march. But the second that you step out from up under the protection of the Constitution, we'll be waiting on you. And we'll give you everything you want. All the publicity, all the pain, all the glamour and glory for all that five minutes will give you. Is it a threat? Absolutely not. But somebody has to step up in front of the camera and say, enough is enough. Tearing up Clay County, that's not gonna be acceptable. And if we can't handle you, you know what I'll do? I'll exercise the power and authority as a sheriff and I'll make special deputies of every lawful gun owner in this county. <laughs> and I'll deputize them for this one purpose, to stand in the gap between lawlessness and civility. That's what we're sworn to do. And that's what we're gonna do. You've been warned. Bruh. Paid for by Donald J. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paid for. Uh, I approve. <laughs> I approve this message. Oh my God. What was that music playing, man? What I don't even know. <laughs> but that's that's the question I'd like to know. The hell? Where did he, I mean, he probably put intense? music in, in YouTube and just grabbed it, screen grabbed it right off of YouTube, man. That is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I am sorry. He just straight up, you've been warned, warned and then you, you see how these dudes holding their holding the, holding the dicks. It's just like what, what's going on here? What's going on tell, here? You could tell they didn't want to do a second take on it either. He no. fumbled his lines right out the gate. Yeah, he's like, "Oh shoot, we're not doing this. I'm doing one take." He's William Shatnering this thing. He's, he's like, "Forget like, it." I only do one take. Amateurs yeah. like you do two takes. I do one take. <laughs> he's like, "Forget it. We're gonna do this. We're we're gonna do it live. We're gonna do a lot. We're gonna do a lot." <laughs> um, that was hilarious. That was terrible. That was terrible. I, I love when people put threats out and they're like, and include. Like, oh, and the power of God, you know, compels oh. me. Like, yeah. Don't get me started. It doesn't sound very godly or religious or anything to be threatening people. It's almost like antagonizing someone to come and, and to be out of line. And Oh, and guess what? If you're that adamant about it, you're looking for that behavior, you're going to produce that behavior by, I don't know, standing in that line just like that, walking towards a peaceful protest and saying that, oh, now they got to get off the sidewalk or now they're impeding traffic or, you know, producing some result that will cause them to now be non-peaceful. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that he's looking for activity. He wants the pain to be brought, as he said. You know, it's... Um, he he wants to bring in the noise and bring in the funk. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> oh, God. Like, Another question I've got here. He says he wants to deputize every law, you know, lawful gun owner in his county. 
Well, 67% of Americans in recent polling show they support the Black Lives Matter movement. So you're going to be deputizing lawful gun owners that are maybe on the side of the protesters. Mm. So there's that to contend with as well. Uh, can I, you know, can I just, I just want to pull this up really quick, just back to the beginning of this thing. I just want to show this real quick, you know, um, why does this feel like they about to start line dancing? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so like go follow us on TikTok, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Go follow us on TikTok. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you know what I'm saying? Wow, this is that is dumb, yo. That is super dumb. <laughs> That's the uh, the July calendar page. Oh, it's uh... <laughs> good God. Oh, it's so dis- it's just disturbing, man. It's just disturbing to me, man. But that—that that is, uh, he said he's saying, "Come with it," and it, you know, bring in the noise, bring in the funk, and if you bring it, I'm gonna, and if I don't have enough manpower, I'm gonna deputize even more people. And you know, for a fact, there's all these crazy gun-toting people that are gonna run up and be like, "Yo, yo, I I legally own my firearm. Deputize me, make me a deputy," all day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because now instead of just stand ground at your own property in Florida, now you can stand ground wherever you want. Bruh, why does he think that he's why do he, does he think that he's Dwayne the Rock Johnson in Walking Tall? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where's Johnny Knoxville then? Where's he at? You know what I mean? He feels like, yo, man, I don't need no two by four. I'm gonna deputize everybody. I don't need to be a, a man that walks lightly and carries a big stick. I'm just gonna deputize everybody. The hell is wrong with you, man? You literally are poking a sleeping bear. I mean, that video. Stupid. I mean, it, if you told me, if you told me, oh, hey, that was a joke, I'd be like, oh, okay, that was a joke video somebody put out. But that's the real thing. It, it, it looks like one of those, like, fake, one of those PSAs they'd put on, like, Reno 911. I kept oh, looking yeah. for, like, Jim Dangle in there. Bruh, there was a <laughs> moment where you could see that the other police officers are, are losing focus. Because they've been standing out in that blazing sun. There's one guy just like this the entire time. He's just <laughs> like, are we done yet? Because I can't do this anymore. Literally, I'm going to have a stroke. Bad. <laughs> really, really bad, y'all. They could have used another take on that for sure. Yeah. Why, that's, did he, that's, why not inside? That's what editing is for. Why not inside, though? Why couldn't he do it inside, though? You know what I'm saying? You didn't have enough room? Well, they had, they're not wearing masks, so they had to socially distance and be outside. Oh, right. Facts. Facts. He wanted to be a... Because notice that no one's got a mask on. He straight up was a cowboy up in this piece, man. He had the hat on and everything. He was like, yeah, you you, you come on my town, I'm going to dip you, and you try to rustle these feathers, I'm going to deputize my people. Come with it. Like, what the hell, man? People be stupid. People be stupid, man. Good God. Anyway, yes, that's also a real thing. Okay, so we got to pull up this other video because this is something that I also found very interesting. Um, the video of a woman. I hate to, I hate, like nowadays I'm at that play, point where I'm tired of saying white or black. Um, just, to, but it's, this is, a real thing that really happened. It was a white woman that pulled a gun out on a black woman or a black family 
Um, all because they, um, oh, this is so bad. All because I guess there was a misunderstanding, a car backed out and, uh, or this woman's car backed out and I guess hit one of, one of the, uh, one of the black woman's people. I, I don't know. It, you know. Like they hit the their body. It wasn't, they hit their car or anything. They were just walking out. And I guess they were passing behind this this vehicle. The vehicle hit her or one of her friends, one of her family members, and all hell broke loose. Let's check this out. She got the gun on me. Get away. She got the gun on me. She got the gun with the car. Call him. I'm telling. Get the, get the license plate. Get the license plate. Get, get the license plate now. Because you were never about to hit me with the damn car. You, you about know. to hit me with the car? Language. Baby, I'm going to go down on me, okay? Call Richard back up to the police. Call Richard back up here now. Don't you fucking jump behind me. I ain't jumping on your car with Richard. You're about to Really? It's still weird to me watching that video. Even when you relive it, like you rewatch it again, it's like reliving all the emotions that you have going on in your head all at the same time. Um, that is some crazy stuff. This is where the world is going to now, where people are coming out strapped. People are coming out packing, y'all. That family didn't do anything. From my understanding, obviously we are seeing a video that is just popping up in the middle of the altercation. But at the same time, as you can see from in the video, ain't nobody else have a gun. Ain't nobody else have a weapon. Ain't nobody else have a knife, a, 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 a fire poker, a taser, nothing. The hell she doing coming out strapped, pointing at point blank at that woman. The only weapon that woman had on her was her cell phone. That's the only weapon she had. And this woman is screaming bloody murder, holding a gun. Thoughts, fellas? Uh, I mean, just another racist white lady? I, I know, like, like, why? Like, people are so quick to defend themselves physically when you know words can suffice like <laughs> like having a normal like, like people can't have like a normal conversation anymore like is everyone so on edge that they think that they're going to be killed like just from like any normal interaction like it's a i don't know it's pretty i, I, I don't know what to take of it i mean i i feel for that lady i'm so sorry that her and her daughter had to put up with that 
yeah. a woman. Yeah, um, I mean, it was more than just a daughter. If I'm correct, there were other people in the. There were other people. I think there was a son. There was a, a, a another person. There was a group. It was a group of people that were there, and I'm sure that group of people uh, uh, accumulated when they started seeing a woman pointing. Uh, uh, sorry to say this, but I want to say it: a white woman pointing a gun at a black woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hate being going into that realm of just throwing in race every time. But them are the breaks, y'all. This was real right there in front of right at point blank pointed right at this woman's face just because their car hit that woman, not the other way around. You know, and I understand that tensions are high, but you don't need to come out strapped like that. That's. That's jacked up. Yeah. Here's the other thing. She's screaming bloody murder. She got the gun. She has the power with that gun. She was screaming as if she had no power. She was screaming as if that group of people were coming at her. No one was. Everyone was keeping their distance. She was the one who was advancing. Now, I don't know if that woman's a cop or not. God, I hope not. But that was insane. Tom, what do you think? Uh, You know, you don't see videos like this coming out of other countries. You don't see minor altercations lead to someone with a gun in their face. And it's because we have this weird gun fetish in this country. I mean, yes, at the heart of this is maybe a, a racial disagreement or, an, you know, is something along those lines. But the real problem here is, is this stupid woman has a gun. And it's, it's ridiculous in this country how easy it is to get a gun and how f- easy it is for any minor altercation to escalate to this. Because you've got this, you know, brain dead hick with a gun pointing it at this family over just a minor, a minor, like, incident in a parking lot you don't see videos like this coming out of like austria or out of england or spain or any other it's america every time just dumb people with a gun fetish that escalate things to this level and 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 during this whole thing you know since george floyd was murdered people have been buying up guns like crazy so it's just going to get worse yeah, and it's this weird gun fetish we have in this country. Yeah, it's, it's not just about exercising. There's a legitimate fetish people have about guns. Absolutely. And this woman was more than happy to pull hers out in a minor altercation in a parking lot. You know, you know what really frustrates me is that right now, given the climate that we're in, Black Lives Matter movement, the the racial tensions that are going on in the world right now, or going on in this country right now. Right now is ample time for any white person to feel justified for brandishing their guns right now the fear of the black person the fear of the black lives matter movement tucker carlson started implementing that type of fear into people already people are terrified now white people are scared if they see one black person if they if they're sitting there wearing a t-shirt of george floyd's face on it people start freaking the f out now they feel like it's justified that they come straight packing heat. In fact, some of these people, some of these white people want this, want this ish to happen like this. This is what they want. They want to see people 
start doing crazy stuff. They want to see fear the black people. Fear the black man. They want that. Yeah. So it justifies them being able to have their carry, carry their weapon. To have their CCWs. Oh man, I get to pop a cap in a black person's ass and it's justified? Because I'm feared for my life? That's exactly what they're waiting for. They're like, I wish a player would. Come on! Except what instead of player, they'd be using the N-word with the hard R. That's a damn shame. In these type of moments, that is a moment that we don't need to see. That's a moment that we don't need to see on, on in a viral video of another Karen losing their damn minds because now there's going to be other Karens that are going to feel like they have the right to pull out their little pink pistol and boop! Oh, I'm sorry. Bang! Oh, I was scared for my life. The, uh, an innocent black woman was just doing yoga in, in a park and I was scared. I was scared because she was trying to defend herself verbally. Bang! Whoops! That's exactly what's happening. That's exactly what's about to happen when we start seeing videos like this. Yeah. Instead of a instead of a Central Park Karen situation happens, it's going to be a Central Park Karen shooting this innocent black dude because he wanted you to put your damn dog on a freaking leash. This is where we're about to step into, y'all. I think we're already there. As MB was saying, look at Ahmaud Arbery. It's already happening. Yeah. It's only a matter of time, man. Now it's justified because everybody else is seeing this ish right now. I'm telling you, man, wait for it. Everybody's seeing that type of trash and they're going to sit there and go, oh, well, I'm not talking. I'm saying the Karens of the world because there's plenty of them. Obviously, as you see, more and more videos are just dropping. These videos are dropping like flies, baby. All right. More and more Karens are seeing a video like that and then they're implanting in the back of their mind. Oh, yes, they're evil. They're violent. They're 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 get they get aggressive. I need to have I need to be strapped now to save to keep myself safe and my family safe. Wait for it. We saw the things that happened on that front lawn in my own damn city, y'all. Oh my god, St. Louis, two people, a Kevin and a Karen or a Ken and a Karen standing outside brandishing a semi-automatic weapon and a pistol. Why? Because they felt like they felt that it was their right to stand ground and, and exact and exercise their Second Amendment rights. Just wait for it, guys. Unfortunately, the next video that might come out is going to end up deadly. Another Karen is going to get super scared and start popping off rounds. And Especially somehow, when you make him a deputy sheriff. <laughs> exactly. And I'm some, assuming she then, legally had that gun. I don't know. And then somehow, the world's going to justify her actions. Some side of the world's going to say that she's justified. Just like that video, somebody out there is saying that she's justified. And that's why the world is so effed up. People always talk about like Karens, like it's a new thing. Like Karens have been around for a long, long time. Yep. I mean, how many black men were lynched for either catcalling white women Shoot, or somehow on. endangering the pure white virtue of white women? Bruh. I mean, how many men lost their lives 
just from that. I don't mean Karen's to. Karen's been around forever. I don't mean to interrupt you, but you can basically say the first one was Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. Historically, the Emmett Till story, that was a Karen. That was the very, yep. you could say that is historically the very first Karen, if you will. The riots. First that, documented. The first documented Karen. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of other ones. We can go into Black Wall Street. We can go into Rosewood. We can go into all these other things that happened that started massacres all because of a Karen saying some ish that wasn't true. And like yep. I said, that type of moment does not need to happen. Period. Period. And I'm scared. I'm scared. Actually, those are the moments that every black person should be worried about Karens out there. Because they're out there. But you never know now if they come a strap, dude. You don't even know, my brothers and sisters. You don't even know. So what do you do? What ends up happening is the other side starts getting strapped too. And then next thing you know, we got a race riot and a race war on our hands. And we don't want that. We really don't want that. I love my people. I love my people. All of my people. This type of stuff that we're seeing now is not what we need to see. And then you have that freaking deputy, or that sorry, that sheriff that's saying he's going to deputize people. People are going to go run out the dough to go get their guns legally so that they can have the right to pop a cap in a black person's ass. That is sad. This is the beginning of something, y'all. Wait for it. What did uh, Trump, Trump just said something. Oh, yeah. Uh, Trump calls Black Lives Matter a symbol of hate. Yes. Yes, he did. So that was also mixed in with all this, too. Yep. You got to imagine that when that statement is now being made that much more directly. Do you want to know why he is starting to say this crazy stuff right now? Invoking his base. Um, He's invoking his base. He is fear mongering. He is sitting here going, well. Everything's burning down. Like my 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 numbers are going down. You know, like my polls are going down. Everything's going down. F it. I'm just gonna lean hard on this side real quick because I know that there's a plenty of racists and plenty of people that fear the Black Lives Matter movement, and maybe I'll be able to get them that way. Also, he's I'm sure thinking that. If I can't put out symbols that very much look like Nazi (laughs) symbols as T-shirts or what have you, he's going, okay, well, then this symbol is a symbol of hate, too. You're telling me I can't put on this or I can't have Make America Great Again or any of those things are going to sit there and say, oh, there's, there's, not, there's, there's relations to Nazi uh, paraphernalia and, and Nazi symbols. Oh, okay, then. BLM is, is, is hate crime. BLM is, is, a, is hateful rhetoric as well. He's just leaning hard. He's just going hard in the paint now because he sees that there is no turning back now. And he's hoping that maybe white nationalists, the far right, Hardcore conservatives 
are going to vote for him if he goes hard in the paint like this. We got four months, four months until November. Four. God, it can't oh. come soon enough. You know, but the Supreme Court blocked the, uh, you know, the expedited hearing of being able to get mail-in voting, so that won't happen until after the election. Great. So. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess I'll just stand in line. Yeah. And vote for whatever has a D next to their name. And <laughs> right, but you'll be seen as a, but you'll be seen as a protester. Uh, and they're going to block you from doing your stuff, and then they're going to put you in jail so you can't go vote, Tom. So, right. Scary, shoot. right? Scary. Scary as hell. Oh, my God. Crowd control. Yeah. <laughs> well, that about wraps up the show today. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Thank you for the comments, and thank you, Rabbi Israel, for calling in. Thank you so much for the call. Different voice, different person. Lately, we've been getting one voice all the time on the show, not the caller on the show, not saying that's a bad thing, but it's nice to hear some other voices on the show uh, coming in and just dropping their two cents and everything. So I appreciate the phone call. Thank you. Thank you, Tom and Jack. Thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having us. Oh, man, I love everybody. I love all you guys for being on the show today. Today's been a really great conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I will be on later on today, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time as well. It'll be another short one because I do have a very early morning uh, with a Skype call overseas as well uh, for a piece that I'm working on for uh, next week for for this show. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. But anyway, uh, I will see you guys then. At 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. Have a good rest of your day, guys. Stay safe and wash your hands and wear a mask. This (laughs) is the Pascal Show. Bye.